comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet, no GPS, no text messages, no podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Listening to the Walking Dead TV podcast. This is episode 181 for season seven, episode three of The Walking Dead, entitled The Cell. I am Craig DeMondo, your host. Join with me this evening, Mr. Aaron Newarth. Hey, guys. Jim's blood pressure is raising right now. You got to take it easy. You gotta back off that, man. That was a different song. Different song. Different song. Also with us, Richard Chubto Sheldon. You see, Street. You knew he would do it. He's bringing it, it out. And it feels so sweet. I knew he would do it. He had to bring it out. The world is but a treat. When you're on Easy Street, and we're breaking out the good champagne. Okay, that's enough. See? It oh, won't yeah. stop. Oh, I can't make it stop. <laughs> there it goes. Okay. <laughs> Daryl Taylor's also with us, Daryl. <laughs> you know what? I'm sorry, Jim. I'm sorry. And returning with us this evening, although I'm sure he wishes that he hadn't at this point, <laughs> Mr. Jim Dietz. Hi, everyone. If I go into defibrillation during this, trying to hear Easy Street over and over, then uh, please, somebody call an ambulance. <laughs> and yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it is a catchy tune, you. though. I mean, it, it's you out know there. What, right? yeah. You know what you should do, Craig? Is when you edit yeah. this and cut, and of course, edit this part out. But mm-hmm. is at the end, have it at the outro. But then just repeat it for like another hour, hour and a half, and see who. <laughs> kind of like the end of Monty Python and the Holy Grail. See who sits through the whole thing. So this will know? be the first three-hour podcast on the HHW LOD <laughs> right. network. Yeah. It's okay, fine. It'll just be a loop of of the song. Got it. No problem. <laughs> wow. I'll blow up Russ's server. It's not an issue. I'll take care of it. Done. <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea. I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 yeah. I never said it was a good idea. It's just, just not, idea. not a great plan. I, I so, did like the song a little bit. But I, don't, I don't have children in my I house. I love the song. I love I her singing. Listen. She is awesome. So, yes. It's not even that song. It's just that I have to listen to so much re- repetitive music because of my kids. Because your anyway. kids, okay. Yeah. And it's that kind of sing-songy kind of stuff that if it gets stuck in my head, it's like, you know. It reminds me of Carl from Aqua Teens. You know, the only way to get it out of my brain is with a bullet. Uh, <laughs> I bet Jim knows without a doubt who lives in a pineapple under a sea. Well, of course, SpongeBob. I'm talking about like Yo Gabba Gabba, and I mean 
the music oh. is totally legit because it's like Mark Miller's Bond stuff. So mm. that's hooks. And I feel for y'all. Yeah. I start kicking these short people out of my house. I'm sorry. I'm just glad I could show up tonight and be your guys' blast of the past, if you know what I mean. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we definitely appreciate that. So, before we get into tonight's episode and what we think about it, or I should say last night's episode, um, Richard, you posed a question early on in last week's show about the ratings drop off and the potential where, okay, they all watch the season seven opener. How far is this revolt, this online revolt where we're, we're done with The Walking Dead, we're finished? If these people really put their money where their mouth is and stopped watching the show. So you posted an article on the Facebook page about this uh, recently. What were, the, what were the results of that? Well, I, I couldn't find the article again, but I, it was right around like a 30% drop. In the numbers, which I think took it down to around 12, right, Aaron? When it's only yeah, 12? Yeah, 12, 12. Which, 12. which is, is yeah. if I'm not mistaken, that's about an average Walking Dead episode is a 12. That so basically all these... The, uh, yeah. And the to, to add to that, the, the in the article that you posted, Chubb, mm-hmm. the, um, the, notab- the notable thing was that it's a... It's a a bigger downturn than previous uh, episode drops from scenes and premieres to see to like the preceding episodes. Uh, okay, so usually it fades yeah. down like season episode by episode by episode and kind of you know winds down to the mid season finale. But now this time yeah. they it's just nothing like off, it's right. nothing. Yeah, it's nothing crazy drastic as in like the show is sinking and people need to yeah. get out while they <laughs> still oh, no. like, like, get out. I mean the now. premiere set up, the premiere set ratings records. I mean even after it broke its own record for like a season premiere, um, you right? Know, with the ratings, so they're not hurting by any stretch. Just did it. I thought it the terminus that, season. Yeah, the, we, yeah, the terminus one was still the most high with, with the plus threes. Maybe with the plus sevens, Jim. Did you read something that it was higher than that? I didn't. I didn't see the plus I, sevens. I, I, I try to find the article, but I just it's read still, that it. Like, yeah, they're highest rated, but right. but I mean, for any other show, that would be a spectacular success. And it's just that right. it, it kind of has hit the plateau. Of, you know, in between the, the, it's not even like a trough. It's more like just kind of flattens out rather than it has really gone down. It's you know, just there was this whole online community of people that were like saying, I'm done with the show. They're playing with my emotions. I'm finished. I'm done with The Walking Dead. Yet well, 12 million people still tuned in to watch this episode. You know, uh, It also week. went up against one of the most watched World Series in like 20 years. What is this? What, what thing? Oh, there's some what what, you... some some team that hasn't won in 108 years or something playing. Is that what, what you're saying? This? Yeah, America's what? team. Sports We're talking ball? about America's team. America's team. <laughs> the Cubs. Sports, sports yes. ball. Sports ball. Sports ball? Yeah, sports sports ball. ball. Are you talking sports ball on the Walking Dead podcast? Well, no, I'm just saying that that night was one of the high, one of the higher true. rated uh, World Series games. So, I mean, it's very right. likely that, Ugh. you know, some people waited to watch it on their plus. Can we just set? move on, please? <laughs> From what? <laughs> that, 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 that my world champion okay. Cubs that I've supported my entire oh, life are finally champions again? Let, let him glow. Let, let him glow. Oh, oh, like, yes. Office. Shout out to Russ. Go Cubs. Go. <laughs> so before we jump into this episode, what did you guys actually think about this episode that was directed by Ulrich Riley, by the way, and written by Angela Kang? What were you guys' initial thoughts on it? I um, I thought it was a... Um... A solid episode. I, I, I liked yeah. it more than the premiere. I didn't like it as much as the well from last week, but I, I thought it did a much like last week. How it kind of had focus on Carol and and Morgan and and Ezekiel. This one had focus on Dwight and Daryl. And I'll get to some things that seem like minor hiccups or whatnot. But I, I thought it was a good approach to giving us more of what the sanctuary is, the the you know, Negan's fortress essentially, as well as specifically delving into those characters. 
Now, did they call it the sanctuary in this episode at all? I don't think they. I don't no. think they officially called it that, but right. it seems like it's more more than not well known at this point that it is known as the sanctuary. Got it. Cool. Anyway, anyone else initial thoughts? It was surprising. I I really didn't think they would do this for the next uh, episode. You know, after you know, I thought they would go back to Rick's group. So I, I kind of I didn't think I would dig it, but I, I did kind of enjoy it. I mean, to, I don't think in the comic we even got this much explanation of the of how this group you know how Negan took over this group we kind of just had it that he was there well I mean not to not to go too far into the comics not for just people that just because it's so close I don't want to spoil things here but there is a there is a character that gets taken by Negan much like Daryl gets taken by Negan right that allows us a view inside of the sanctuary well and the other thing too in the comic we that the information that we got in this episode was really kind of spread out over about right, like 10, it was. 10 12 issues so yeah so we got we got more of an info dump but not not to the point that it was bad it just it i actually think no, it was I, good I, because it allows for more storytelling outside of what's in the comic i kind of um, like, kind of surprised this wasn't like a subplot you know, while they're like coming right. back from Rick and his group and having this going on in the background, but after seeing this episode, it was I thought it was a good idea for them and a good move for them to spend a whole episode showing us, you know, the sanctuary, showing Absolutely. us where Daryl is, um, what he's going through, like how he's being broken down, even as much as Rick was in the first episode, and um, I, I'm glad they did you know, spend the time to kind of do that world building, you know. I like that they just wrapped it all up. Like you got, we kind of got this whole thing out of the way of Dwight's whole story. They didn't like give you little tidbits. We're gonna have to figure it yeah. out and piece it together over three or four episodes. Again, it was like last week's episode. It was satisfying that it was in this neat little package. We got a lot of backstory on a little mm-hmm. bit. I mean, little hints on how Negan arrived, but we got the cracks in the armor of the. Right, we see that already forming, and it tied up a lot of loose threads. It even explains why Dwight escaped from that episode, was it last season, Uh, and they were in the burnt-out forest, and it tied up a lot of loose threads. Now, that was, again, the neat little package that I don't have to worry about this now, creeping up six episodes from now. It's like, it's done, it's over with, now we can get to some, hopefully, hopefully some big battles. So, jumping right into it, yeah, go ahead, Chubb. Oh, I was just going to say really quick, uh, and the thing that I really, really enjoyed about this episode is that they they were able to get us inside Daryl's head a little bit. We were feeling what he's feeling, you know, and he emoted it very well in his actions and stuff to give us that that visceral reaction to everything he was doing on the screen. And I, I don't know. I just think that that was a really smart way to bring the audience into what it's like in the sanctuary. So yeah, yeah, I, I, I was very, very, and I mean, I really hope that there's some sort of Emmy recognition for Norman Reedus from this episode because he was amazing. And he was naked. Well, you talk about Daryl. Some for the ladies. Yes, exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh. So, jumping right into it, uh, we opened cold open to Dwight watching an old VHS tape of who's the boss. Yeah, VHS. And this is actually a music let's, montage. Let's let's, let's yeah. stop right there yes. because this op- this episode opens right away with us getting the early hear um, early hearing of um, 
the jam's a town called Malice. Town called Malice, like, right. right? Yes. Any 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 episode's gonna end just open up like that. I am already on board. Like that, that's that, that's great. And then you <laughs> add who's the boss to it. It's like okay, this is getting better and better. Wow. <laughs> then he ends up playing knock hockey with this other blonde female survivor who remains nameless, and she's like doing shots and they're mm-hmm. playing knock hockey. So he's going kind of a day in the life of Dwight. It seems to be here. Um, we see him carving his little wood things, which that's his thing. We found out again last season he did this thing with the wood carvings. Um, and then we see a little scene inside the mess hall. Again, we don't really hear any voices because the the music montage is going on. He cuts the food line and takes an entire loaf of bread. Like, he cuts basically everyone off and gets a whole loaf for himself. Elsewhere, though, in the cafeteria, a lesser member of the group, it seems like, gets angry and takes off his shirt, his T-shirt, and throws it at one of the guards. And then a few other guards gang up and proceed to basically beat the man down. All the while, Dwight simply writes the number 39 on his little notepad. Uh, then, right after that, we see the barracks area with the number 39 posted over the bed. Dwight is then cleaning out the little footlocker box next to the bed, where we see this guy's presumably his wife and daughter or something standing by and watching. As Dwight is taking out, uh, he confiscates a jar of yellow mustard that was in there and some uh, sliced pickles, it seemed like. Yeah. Uh, which he then begins to make a nice sandwich with. With his, you know, he got the loaf of bread. Now he's got the mustard. He's got the pickles. He grabs a tomato out of the garden and grabs also a head of lettuce. Um, it's some fine editing yeah. because there's a. It's, you, know, you just keep seeing the different pieces of this sandwich getting mm-hmm. assembled, and it keeps going back to the shot of like a stationary overhead shot of the sandwich, and these pieces assemble themselves into more and more as you find out everything that Dwight's acquiring. It's uh, it's well done with the music and everything. I, I really and like that sandwich so. looked delicious, by the way. Oh yeah, it, it, somehow yeah, it did. Yeah, it looked actually really pretty good. good. <laughs> there was also a scene where they're, they're in the chicken coop. And this is actually where we first see the members kneel because Dwight is taking note of the number of eggs or something and then Negan walks by and all the people around, including Dwight, kneel mm-hmm. as Negan walks by. So we see them actually doing that. And Which is like an automatic response. It's like, oh, yeah. there, Negan's coming, kneel. Like, kneel. It's, like, it's, like, that's a, it's an interesting yeah. aspect of that character of how we're treating him apparently. But if you notice, uh, Dwight's the only one to kind of give a little sharpish look because this little glare as as Negan it's walks still there, by, yeah, yeah. Uh, just a little 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 half look. And we also see his friend. Now, did we get this guy's name? The guy who escaped? I didn't even see, know if we got a name from Gordon. this guy. Oh, it was Gordon. Okay, yeah, Gordon. So we see his friend Gordon, and it's funny they do like a triple take of him to the music. Like the music does a pop pop pop, and you see him look like three times. It was, it was actually yeah. a pretty pretty cute little edit there of him in that it's chicken a, it's coop. A, it's a good eighties touch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Definitely is. So uh, back to the sandwich, we see that from the chicken coop, he acquired a couple of eggs, he fried a couple of eggs up, placed it inside that delicious sandwich, and we see Dwight sit down and finally start to eat the sandwich on a staircase outside, and the music suddenly just stops. We then see a, a pen full of walkers, so it's a kind of a gated off area nearby where he's sitting on the steps. Uh, and I didn't really understand all this. Maybe you guys can help me. There was two prisoners inside, from what I can see, inside the pen. And they were hurting a walker with, like, a bucket over his head to these concrete block where they then chained it up. And then once it was chained right. up, they took the bucket off and kind of ran away. Like, I don't know if they were playing right. a game or something. No, or if, they're, well, they're at the new they're defense. They're building That's how they defend themselves. They have yeah. a yeah. wall of walkers. And, and they take the new fresh walker that they got or whatever out there and pin them. They either... You know, pin them with a stake, or they chain them to the whatever. But they're building a wall there. They're building a wall. (laughs) It's a fabulous wall of walkers, and the walkers are going to pay for it. It's a beautiful wall. Okay, but don't they imply that it's like people? See, next week we don't have to do that anymore. Next week we just talk about things like they're. We we don't know. 
But don't they imply like it's people that disobey? Like when well, they when I mean, they I hold Daryl and they say well, that you either you you could either be this or that. That's later on, but I mean, I think the for now you just understand that there's walkers they acquire. But yeah, later on you can assume that amongst the walkers they find at random, there's also some that are probably people that used to be a part of the sanctuary. Yeah, I don't think they have a shortage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sanctuary. And these guys are obviously prisoners because they have their like uh, letters spray painted on their. You know, on their shirts, like G or the most S or something. Stuff the sanctuarians. Right. <laughs> but then Dwight, as he's watching all this, he focuses and the camera focuses on one walker who's impaled on this wooden stake. Like it's very long, and, and the walker keeps moving up and down the stake. Like it can't get out, so it tries to get up, but it, then it can't, so it goes back down. It's unable to get free. But he, and he's focused on, it's fixated on that walker, like it's someone he may have known or something. But it's... Well, that, I was wondering, not during that scene, but later when they t- when um, they talked about it, I mm-hmm. was wondering if that was uh, Sherry, Cheryl, whatever her name is, sister. No, it was, it was a guy. It was a guy. It was, it was, well, a, it was oh, okay. a bald guy. I couldn't yeah. remember. I couldn't remember. I was just wondering <laughs> if maybe uh. he was staring at her. Maybe no, they, she's out there. Tina? They, yeah. they, did, they did away with her last season. Because they actually like, buried they, Tina, didn't they? I mean, yeah, out they, there. Yeah, in they, the, yeah. They, oh, did they? they? Got, oh, yeah, she's taken exists, care of. Yeah. But the, you know, we, we talk about the kind of the heavy symbolism on The Walking Dead. I like this one quite a bit. Like, I, I it's very... To me, at least, it's very. I don't want to speak for everybody, but it's very obvious. It's just like this thing is stuck in this horrible place, and it's like, mm-hmm. duh. Oh, yeah. uh, for all eternity. Like, yeah, yeah. But it's like I, Gee, I really like that. Be representing <laughs> for a show like The Walking Dead. I thought that was a good way to, you know, it was very evocative. It it, it spoke to what the characters going through, but it was also mm-hmm. a neat looking effect and whatnot. So I thought it it well, played it played well to the show that we're watching and what it's trying to convey. All of the sets that we had were really good. I really like how the sanctuary is done. So, I mean, big shout out there to Grace Walker because that was, I don't know, I'm very impressed with what they've done. And the way they shot it, you don't even, still even don't even know where they are. Like they were in some kind of right. building, but you don't know what kind of building, what kind of compound. Like it's still, I, you know, you so don't really know. It's like I have I have a question about that because yeah. I like it's good. It's good as far as like, well, that looks like a horrible place to be. Like, yeah, but. I, I feel like I've seen a lot of this kind of stuff before on this show. Like I don't know how much different the sanctuary suddenly. It just looks like all right, that's another like series of warehouses with rusty walls right. and whatnot. Like I don't I know. Like I got can, the I, impression that it was like a grain silo thing. Right. And this regard, was I feel a, like if you, I don't if, you, know. if you were to replace a lot of the backgrounds with other pieces of background, I don't think I'd be able to tell the difference. Like that's yeah. what I'm saying. Just, like, I think it was done purposely. Like they didn't show this big overhead shot. Like they did a terminus or right. the prison where you're like, all right, this is where you are. They just basically don't know where you are, but you're in some kind of compound. I guess that that's yeah, the way they wanted to you know break it down for you. If there's a purposefulness to it, then I'm all for it. And I'm looking forward to seeing where that goes from there. The other thing I wonder is the sanctuary. It seems like there should be more people here. It doesn't seem like it's a very populated place. And given how more populated the other places, like Rick Strike Force team was attacking last season. But then it, maybe that's how well, Deacon does it. He spreads I, out his people, maybe, right? Like it's. Well, it seems like this should be. But I also wonder, Central, I mean, seems, right? this is where his lower of people that he's acquired, where he's breaking them. He's breaking these people. These people still might, could turn out to be a problem so maybe we're more at the forefront or some area of the compound of of the sanctuary where they because if somebody escapes that way they don't have intelligence on the population of the sanctuary well doesn't yeah, he have more spread out i mean he did have a section that they wiped out but they still were a bunch of them right 
right. in other places. If, if this I, get is what, place... I get what Aaron is saying, though. I mean, if this is the capital, mm-hmm. quote unquote, capital city or whatever, right. of, you'd think it'd be more densely populated. Yeah, I mean, he's he's you know conducting a whole group of people, or whatnot. it just seems like the, I have I have some other things I want to say about Negan when we get to it. It's just uh, it's just little things I'm looking at where I'm like I'm I'm happy to allow some mea culpas for The Walking Dead if the future provides me with you know more well, explanation that's of how what the I sanctuary think works. Yeah, so, and that's that's the that's the trouble of trying yeah. to analyze TV shows on a weekly basis. There's some pieces that just aren't fully right. formed yet, so it's right. hard to completely judge. Are, are you trying to say there's less saviors than we think there are? Like, is that what you're saying? Like maybe that? No, I'm saying I'm saying I think sure. there's plenty of saviors, but the the, I mean, even looking at like the finale where there's all of those saviors all over. That's true. Like, there was, it, it was a bunch. It, yeah. 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 I mean, it's I, like where where, where are they, they all? Where, they housed, yeah. where are those guys? Yeah. I'm all for. I'm all for understanding, yes, they spread out the saviors, but if this is, you know, as Jim, you just said, like the capital, you know, Negan Central, I, it, it, where, it's, where, you know, he puts up his boots in bat at night, like, it seems like this would be like the, you know, the main place. Now, maybe there's more to the sanctuary we're just not seeing. Again, I'm happy to allow for that in the future, but it just, but between the kind of like, all right, here's another rusty shack place that looks terrible to be in, okay, and okay, there's just a couple guys kneeling every once in a while. I kind of want to know if there's more to it than just that, as far as everyone well, knows this guy. I think they're wanting to reveal pieces at a time of Negan and the Sanctuary and the Saviors. I, I, I They want to allow for more surprises as this whole thing unfolds. Fair enough. At least, at least that's my hope, because if that's not it, then I'm with you, Aaron. It's like, why are they doing this? <laughs> yeah. So back inside, Dwight takes two more pieces of bread from his loaf and spreads a nice helping of canned dog food in between the pieces, places it on a paper plate, and walks it over to a dark cell where we see a very dirty and very naked Daryl, uh, who takes the sandwich quickly and eats it. Like, he's been in there for a while, and he, he definitely yeah. seems hungry. But now, I think it was looked- very courteous of him to put it on a paper plate, though. That's all i got to say. There was some empathy there. That was the last time he did it, though. Yeah, never see him play again. It got worse and worse. Yeah. Does he ever look clean, though? You know, it's right. When's the last time he actually like, took a shower and looked clean? Maybe he's cleaner right. now. Like... <laughs> yeah, he does. So after the credits, uh, we see Daryl. Lock... Any... I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Does, anyone yeah. watch... does anyone watch Last Man on Earth? By the way. Yes, I haven't seen this haven't. last okay. one, but I watched. There's it. a gag. This it's not a big major sport. There's a gag this week though, where they use like a a sprinkler system in an overhead. Uh, ceiling to like they put a tor- they put a torch next to one they use that as a shower which just made me laugh it's just I thought that was clever <laughs> <laughs> so again after the credits we see Daryl locked up and uh, we hear the Easy Street music we're not gonna play it again we're not gonna play it we're not gonna play it starts to play incessantly Dwight comes in several times and leaves the usual sandwich so I guess that implies that days are passing if we're assuming that he's getting fed maybe once a day. Right. right. Um, and Daryl locked up in solitary with this never ending music. Uh, one visit, uh, Dwight does throw Daryl some clothes. And then eventually, on another visit, takes him outside the cell finally, walks him down a corridor. And we can see that there's this one room is set up kind of like a neat living quarters inside this, this prison area that they have set up. Mm-hmm. Then Dwight leads Daryl to the doctor. But his ex wife, we come to find out his ex wife, Sherry is in there at the same time being examined by the doctor um, with a pregnancy kit, pregnancy test on the table. Sherry recognized Daryl from the woods and starts to talk to him, but Dwight tells her to just be quiet. Don't don't talk to him. She tells him, tells Dwight that the pregnancy test is negative, and Dwight says, well, maybe next time. <laughs> in a strange a way. 
Yeah, yeah. Little, you can you can sense that bitterness. A little, little bitterness there. I guess we'll yeah. find I, out why. I mean, given I know where things are going, I was curious how well people that aren't familiar could glean what kind of information's being said out loud right then. But I don't think it's too hard off to think, you know, woman at the doctor in this kind of environment, what's implied in these things. Yeah. So Sherry gets closer to Daryl on the way out and tries to give him some advice to do whatever they say. She goes, just do whatever they say. It'll be easier for you. And then Dwight, again, stifles her, just telling her, hey, stop. Stop talking to her. Just talk, talking to him enough. Doctor examines uh, Daryl's gunshot wound and says it will get better and that Negan will take good care of him. <laughs> right. In the hallway, Daryl's being, again, led by Dwight, and Negan suddenly appears. And this is, again, pretty cool. Dwight pushes Daryl down to the ground to kneel as, you know, he's kneeling as well. Uh, Negan then says he wants a quick word with Dwight, so they leave Daryl for a few seconds in a chair, held at gunpoint by another henchman. I think his name is Joe or something. Uh, again, Daryl is fixated on those living quarters. He's looking right into them as he's forced to sit on the chair right outside them. Daryl hasn't said anything, right, at this point? He's, he's, I don't think so. No. no. He didn't say anything in this whole episode, I think, right, until the end, if I'm not mistaken. He has a few lines. Yeah, that's really about it. Yeah. So Daryl's finally led outside uh, and again, led by Dwight, and we see the two prisoners in the pen still playing that bucket game with the chained-up walkers. Um, Dwight tries to help one of them by firing an arrow from Daryl's crossbow into the pen and takes down a walker. And he says to Daryl, I'm getting the hang of this thing. So he says. All the while, Dwight is also wearing Daryl's leather vest, it should be noted, with the wings on the back. So he's like, basically, everything that was Daryl's is now Dwight's. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he, he's he's Lando to Daryl at the end of Empire. That's, that's what he <laughs> And what would he say to him? This, this deal's getting worse all the time. Uh, <laughs> this is a sweet vest you got here, Daryl. I'd be happy to wear it for you while you... uh take a respite and if you notice there's a bu there's a bullet hole through the vest you can actually see it on on the on the right side of the vest oh, right. yeah it's like it's pretty so crazy I yeah have a question do, do you guys like dwight like do, do, does this episode with all the development for his character does this make you like enjoy dwight more as far well, as he goes i was kind of curious and you touched on it a minute ago aaron and that is I wonder how much I enjoyed and understood what was going on in this episode because of what I know from the comics. Right. Because I really enjoyed Dwight. It's a character I've been looking forward to seeing this side of him, um, you know, because I really enjoy the character in the comics. So, yeah, I like him, but I don't know if that's because of how they're portraying him or because my mix of that and the knowledge of the comic. I... I, I guess the comic does affect it to a point, but it's just, I just like to see that. It's just something about seeing a character who probably wasn't like this before, but he was kind of broken. And now he's just like stuck. Like the guy that he probably hated back in the day when, when he first got there, it, he's now having to, to keep doing this. Like to the point of like, he has no hope that he can get out of the situation. It's just and it's just reoccurring to him. Like the the subtle looks that he has on his face, you can tell he's just disgusted by what he ha what he does on a yeah, regular. I, I think uh, the actor Austin Emilio. I think he's doing a good enough job in the role. Uh, I I pictured Dwight to be older, same as Ezekiel actually last week, mm. as far as the comic counterpart. And while I think it worked with what they did with for um, 
Carrie Payton with as far as Ezekiel goes, I do think it's it's affecting my thoughts on how Dwight is acting based off him seeming the guy, the actor is like 28 years old. He's so he's he's you know, he's, he's on the younger side. Right. And I never got the impression he was older in the comic. I, me either. I kind of thought he was around 30 or something, but I never the way, thought he, he was older. The way he's drawn to me just makes him seem, uh, just, I don't know, has a, a bit more age mm. to him. Regardless, I, 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 I respect what they're doing with the character. I think it's just because they've, he's very, he's, you know, he's, he still is, really. I mean, he's an unlikable person. Like, that's not, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's been an unlikable person ever since he decided to, well, ever since being an idiot when he first met Daryl, when they, he and Sherry and Tina were on the run, and then they made even you know more idiot moves of taking Daryl's stuff and leaving him out the like, right. it, and then you know he shot Daryl. <laughs> yeah, and, and then yeah, he got his, there's that. And then yeah. he got his penis bitten by Eugene. I mean, there's just a lot of things that really stack the cards against Dwight. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so it's like I appreciate the shading for sure. I look forward to seeing more because I also like the character in the comic quite a bit. Um, mm-hmm. So I appreciate seeing more of what's to come of him. I'm just I'm on the fence with I if I like this character or I'm just kind of resolve to acknowledge his presence on the show and now i have some more shading on him based off what they the information they tell me about him yeah it's probably i don't think he i mean he's probably done things that could never be forgiven um to be in this group uh-huh but it's think- still something about it's just something about like, even with the well we didn't get to the well we did get to the girl that he his wife his ex-wife that whole thing like that's something daryl would have done and it's just, um, I wonder if they're going toward that kind of thing of he used to think like Daryl, like he wanted to be the hero and the protector, and and now he's become the predator. You know. Oh, and, he's or, definitely single white femaling Daryl. Well, he's, got, <laughs> he's carrying the crossbow around. He's wearing right. the vest uh, and everything. He has his bike. But, um, yeah. I think I think Dwight, though. I mean, as much as you know, like him or hate, you know, love him or hate him or whatever. I think seeing the sanctuary from his perspective, you know, inside uh, was really interesting. Mm-hmm. This, uh, this episode, like, really yeah. kind of gave a lot of depth to you know Negan in his world. You know, it, yeah, it makes him a great audience surrogate. That's for sure. Yeah, like, it's right. a, if, if yeah, we're going to have a perspective a character to follow, I'm happier to follow Dwight opposed to Negan. Like, I'm happier to see mm-hmm. a kind of a, a subordinate in this you know realm as opposed to just directly from Negan's point of view. So, right. yeah, well, it, it, and. That's what the show needs to do. Is is Negan just didn't needs to pop up in episodes here and there? Just give us a little bit of him. He takes too much of an episode. It's going to take it away from the character. I think. So yeah, this, well, this was just enough Negan for you yeah. then. This episode. This was just right. About, well, we'll get yeah. there. Let's yeah. keep going with the thing. Okay. okay. Uh-huh. So back inside the cell, Dwight stands by the door and tells Daryl to make it easy on yourself, trying to tell him to just to submit already. And Daryl replies, "I ain't never gonna kneel." And Dwight says that he also once said that, but insists that he eventually will. And then he leaves the easy street music on, and then again, it's just the the, the torture continues. Um, Daryl then finally tries to kick down the door. He's, he's had enough just sitting there and trying to break out. Outside the cell, um, Negan is pleased. He's having a conversation with Dwight that Daryl is close to breaking. And uh, Dwight and, and Negan uh, you know, are, are, are talking about this. And Negan says it takes a little longer with some people than others you know, for him to actually break. Negan offers Dwight an early reward saying maybe a, maybe a roll around with his ex-wife. Uh, but then he changes it to, no, 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 I'm just kidding. With any girl you want. Pick any girl you want. You can have her. Dwight considers it, but then turns him down. 
Negan's very surprised by this, questioning if he's fully healed from his encounter with Eugene, who bit down very hard on his manhood. Yeah, that, yeah. Guy, clumped, that guy clumped on it, is what he says. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, no, the, the thing is, though, is I really think that Negan was not... I think he was pleasantly surprised, because I think this was a test. I think he was testing him here. If he would have wanted to go back with his ex-wife, is that what you're saying, like that? Not well, maybe that, but just seeing if you know, just seeing is he still loyal? Is he as loyal as he's saying he is? Is he gonna pass up some tail? You know, I, 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 I think that 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 surprised him because he didn't think he'd pass it, or that he would possibly react a different way to the mentioning of his ex-wife. But I think he constantly does things to him, like. Um... To kind of belittle him and then oh, build yeah. him up and then belittle oh, yeah. him. I think it I mean, was that's that, part of the psychic. Well, part of it's the chest, but but I think also that part of it is around mm-hmm. Negan. You never know when he's going to to the switch is going to go off. Like, is he Negan going to be the nice Negan today, or is he going to be the Negan that wants to well, mess Darryl, with you? Darryl, watch Negan, up! What? Watch up! Negan what? is always nice. He he actually has <laughs> sympathy and empathy. It's Lucille. <laughs> That has no patience. His alter it's ego. Yeah. That's not going to put up with it. Not oh. Negan. Remember okay. that. Thanks for explaining it to me, Chubb. I didn't know. The the silliness aside, as far as what Lucille thinks versus what Negan thinks, uh, the the issue I have with that is yeah, Negan being in show mode all the time makes it just too much for me. Like it, if he, especially when he's in a one on one with Dwight, Dwight who probably knows Negan a lot more than a lot of the other people do just because mm-hmm. of how close their relationship has become based off the stories that Dwight tells us. So it's seeing Jeffrey Dean Morgan do all of this work to continually be, you know, capital N Negan, like always it makes the threat seem less and less to me. Like I don't feel scared by this person. I just feel like he's a, a really vindictive overgrown child and I know he's smarter than this, so it's mm-hmm. like I, I I want them to find a way to really balance how the Negan, you know, the Negan at his worst really comes out because I'd be much happier to see a more contemplative Negan dealing with Dwight right. as opposed to this kind of mind games maybe version of Negan at all times. Like it, mm-hmm. I think well, maybe that this side is Negan, of Negan that you're looking for, that side you're looking for is going to come down the road once all these communities start to fully interact. I think that's going to bring out. Well, I'd be interested to see that when it comes to like the kingdom, how he interacts with someone like Ezekiel or something right. like that. But it's, but I mean, we're in the sink. We're in Negan's home at this point. It's, it's like private I, conversations. One on one. It's, it's all part of the mind games though, that he plays with everybody that, that works for him is it's yeah. how he keeps them under thumb. That it, but and yes, yeah, so by that logic, then it's just a fundamental flaw I find with the character itself. Then because I'm just going to keep seeing this and not be threatened by it. I'm just going to be like, okay, he's doing that thing again. It's not really unpredictable. It's just like, yep, that's who he is. He's just that guy. So he'd I can be, expect he'd be I can more threatening if you had a quiet conversation, like a quiet, you know, not just kind of like quiet, but just like if it's written differently or so. Yeah. Like it's just like Jeffrey Morgan's doing. He's doing what he can with this, but I, I compared to what you know the very. You know, over the top Negan I saw in the premiere and the last, you know, in the finale, I, I would think like this episode's like, all right, now we can kind of pare it down to get more of a day to day sense of who Negan is. And I still don't really have that. I, no, I, and I don't I think don't, they're going to reveal if, it if, soon if, either. If, 
Well, I don't know even know if there's anything that's to reveal. I'm not. I can't tell if there's anything more to this character. And no, there's and, definitely and, a public and a private side to Negan. And you know, the thing is, is I think he only opens up to certain people, and Dwight's one of them. I mean, there's that point, you know, when he first takes Daryl out after he gives him clothes, where Negan comes around the corner, and then he's like, "I need to talk to my man," and he makes everybody go away. So there's definitely times where the private Negan comes out, and that's probably more of who the true Negan is. And if we were to hear some of those side conversations, which I think we eventually will, then it would make more sense. I hope we do. And I really wish we could have heard that side conversation. If the, if the episode's intent, if the, if the episode's intent was to just show us a certain, uh, continually show us a certain side of Negan. Okay. Once again, (laughs) I have to wait and see on these things, but it's like, I can only do so much waiting and I'm not trying to rush it or anything. And I'm not trying to sound just completely down on it all the time. But I was given that I was disappointed in what should have been a fairly, you know, successful episode, mm-hmm. the premiere. I do kind of, you know, I want my candy now. <laughs> At this point, it's like I want to get right, more. But well, Aaron, remind- they are the same people who made us wait six months and then another twenty minutes. You know, <laughs> so he remind- what do you he re- expect? He reminds Never forget. me of uh, Michael Jordan. How reading books and stuff, and how people talk about when they used to play a Michael Jordan. It's watching this episode reminds me of that because Jordan would do things to totally build you to destroy you and then up and then build you up again and then tear you down again. Like it was a constant thing. And and the way that people would talk about it was like, you never knew what Jordan was going to do. You never knew what Jordan, you know, which Jordan you were going to talk to. You didn't know. And, and sometimes he would say something to you like it wasn't a command, but it really was. And it was to test you to see if you were, and it's a mentality to do in college. I mean, frats, you know that that type of the hazing and the the hazing, and it's just a constant barrage of that to a point where it, because there are some who love it. They suck it up. They love that you know that type type of leader to be around them. They kind of I would hope so, since you know he has a whole network of communities under his thumb. But then there's the others. But then there's other people that it's just fear. And and they don't like it, but they're just, but they can't get people to go to rally against it because they're scared. Like the, you know, like you know how we'll see as the episode progresses. But I kind of just like that meant just getting digging into this psychology of how people are. Cause and I guess change. I guess that's where it gets to me. Where I because I, I see what it's doing, and I just wish the. I wish the threat of Negan seemed greater to me. And if I, you know, part of it's because the show's been going on for seven years. There's only so many different ways you can make a new threat that seems to challenge the right the status the status quo, so to speak, of a zombie apocalypse. So it's like if there's if if Negan's supposed to be fearful uh, or you know feared, I really I want to be able to see that more. And because Jeffrey Dean Morgan's always being in character in this kind of showboaty mode, it seems less of a I'm afraid of this person more of like, well, he's going to do another thing to kind of make you kind of like him in a dark sort of way. And so it's like, I, I hope that balance get, becomes stronger as we progress down the season with him. I, I get what you're saying. And I mean, I don't necessarily feel the same way, but I agree with what you're saying. I just hope that it's all part of some grand design of the way they're peeling back layers of the Negan onion over the course of the season. That's what I'm hoping it's going to build into something. If not, then I'm with you on why the hell did they take us on this journey with this silly character? 
But, but I'm also wondering if these this episode wasn't more to tone him down a little bit from what we had to experience from the first episode so that th- we they could start building that character. I don't know. I really don't know. I just hope that that's some sort of grand design that they're doing. By the way, for the listeners, Michael Jordan was a basketball player on the Chicago Bulls during a, you know, oh, the, yes. up to the mid 90s before he went to baseball and then eventually came back to basketball. I just wanted to make sure we knew who we were talking about because that's an old right. reference, apparently. Yes, Chicago. <laughs> the, same, the same town where the world champion Chicago Cubs are from. Moving on, oh, Craig. Oh, man. Chubb, I'm about to throw some tape on your mouth in a minute. <laughs> Shut up with the baseball nonsense. Get out of here. So then as they're talking, the walkie-talkie goes off, and someone, like a female, reports an orange, quote, orange situation, which means, I guess, an escaped citizen will come to find out later. Negan grabs the radio out of Dwight's hand and asks what's going on, and the woman reports that they know uh, that the escapee went only one of three ways. Dwight then radios back that he'll be there shortly at the gate to take care of it. Negan says that he doesn't have to do this kind of grunt work. He can send somebody else. But Dwight replies that he likes to do it. On the road, after the commercial, Dwight is tracking the escapee uh, on Daryl's bike. And then we cut kind of back to the cell at this point. I guess it's Fat Joey. Is that his name? Joey or Fat Joey? Feeds Daryl, but forgets to lock the door. Daryl then seizes the opportunity to escape... Makes it down the corridor, but Shelly spots him. Sherry. Sherry, excuse me. Sherry spots him and tries to give him some more advice. Um, Can I ask a question? Yes. And and this is probably more directed at Aaron than anybody because, you know, he does it for a living. But why is it in television shows they always make the fat guy the bumbling idiot that makes the mistake? Just curious. Why is it us fat guys that always are portrayed as morons? Well, two things. One. I think he did it on purpose, as we kind he of did, discover yeah. later on. Mm-hmm. It's not like he, yeah. Uh, also, because it's funny when funny fall down, when fatty fall down. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> so back on the road, Dwight is stopped by a bunch of splattered walkers that have been looks like walking off of an overpass and just landing on the the road beneath. So he can't really r- drive his bike through. He has to walk it through. Suddenly, a walker falls from the overpass right on top of Dwight. But he manages to, you know, I guess, take him out and get him get away. Back to the prison again. Sherry tells Daryl to go back into the prison cell. Again, he's just making it worse for himself. They will punish him severely. Daryl doesn't listen and makes it outside where he sees a bunch of motorcycles parked. Before he can try to start any of them, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure there was a very, a, a very small split cut when Daryl walked outside, saw motorcycles, where Admiral Akbar popped up and said, "It's a trap." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> really. Yeah, I don't know. This is, I can think of two or three other movies or TV shows where they've done the same thing. You know, Whoops, we left the cell door open. Look at this collection of motorcycles. <laughs> you like motorcycles? <laughs> now, what Lando say there with Admiral Akbar? <laughs> That battle station's operational. We're not going to get anywhere <laughs> as far as the Death Star is concerned. <laughs> so uh, he's surrounded. Why are the Star Destroyers firing at him? <laughs> <laughs> we should be getting a reading on that shield. They're up on General, General Calrissian. He is surrounded by Negan's henchmen and Negan himself, finally, Daryl is. And Negan then says, are we pissing our pants yet? Just like we did a couple episodes ago. But then we cut to commercial. However, he has catchphrases. <laughs> yes, I guess. I, I, I thought that was just unique to the to the Rick situation. Apparently, that's like his 
you know, it's a thing he said. No, it's that's his thing, so right? AMC merchandises the full-sized uh, Negan doll with the pull string. That'll be one of his sayings. Are we there. pissing our pants yet? You could fill up the doll with water, so it's like he actually is pissing. It's great. <laughs> so we cut to commercial, but this is a very special commercial break because in the middle of this, <laughs> oh. we have a a a, a uh, fear of the Walking Dead. Passage. Oh, crap. I forwarded through it. I didn't see it. See, you missed it. Hashtag, you didn't see Fear the Walking Dead Passage presented hashtag, by Taco Bell? It's hashtag Presented passage. by Taco Bell. That's correct. Yes. <laughs> oh, presented God. by Taco Bell. <laughs> so well, Taco Bell does nothing but serve top-notch products. Live so, Moss. Live Moss. Live Moss. That's right. So, Aaron, would you would you have the honors of, of describing this, this riveting episode of Fear the Walking Dead Passage brought to you by Taco Bell? I barely am on the seat. All right, go guys. Ahead. I took extensive notes on this week's Fear the Walking Dead hashtag passage presented by Taco Bell. Oh my God. <laughs> it was crazy. So, first up, I have survivors climb up a ladder. So, like the, the survivor that, like, the, the person that saved the, the other woman last week, they, like, climb up to her safety spot, which is, like, a little nest area up a ladder. The lookout and, tower uh, or something. The yeah. lookout tower, yeah. They start talking, and the, the survivor, you know, the, the innocent survivor, the one that didn't kill, uh, she's like, I know a place. And uh, the other one with the knife, she's, like, cleaning the knife up. She's like, Where? The board is, like, surrounded by people. What do we do? And then the other one's like, There's a tunnel. It's like what? There's a tunnel. All right. He's my my boyfriend went there. He's gone, but you know it's got to be like it's a tunnel. It's got to be safe. And then and then the the other one's like, all right. Well, I I don't need you, but we can have an alliance for now. I, I can I'll ditch you whatever. So and they're are like, they making a run for the border. They're making a run. Oh, they're, they're going, wow, that's a Taco Bell reference. They're going under the border. It was thrilling, guys. It really sets up where this this arc of the of Fear the Walking Dead hashtag passes. I almost peed my pants. Go. That was a great. I mean, I I could oh, I didn't oh, see oh, it, but I could retelling. picture it in my mind. I saw the whole thing. So, folks, if you have a DVR and you missed, first of all, thank you, Aaron. That was a wonderful recap, and and I, we love that you bring us the, these every every week. Um, but if you missed this, you have to go back and watch it, or go to AMC.com. They're all up there. You can actually watch them in a row if you want. But the it, it's somehow nice, just nestled inside of a Walking Dead episode, right in the middle of the commercial. It's just it's the perfect place for the, the for this 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 bit of melodrama. There's there's few things I ask for when I watch Walking Dead. One is impromptu TV spots for Pirates of the Caribbean movies or Star Wars Rogue One. The other is upcoming episodes of Fear the Walking Dead hashtag passive presented by Taco Bell. <laughs> it was good. It was good. By the way, was that a new Rogue One um, spot or was that already out and they just aired it during this? Uh... It was online, I think, but they were probably in some of the, one of those sports, sports ball games. Well, they did. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. It was a good one, though. I kind of, I thought I liked it, even though they didn't show any Darth Vader like all the other ones did. Like this was, this was a good one. I, I did like it. It does the job. It sets it up. It's like there's a Death Star. We got to blow it up. What do we do? <laughs> <laughs> Rogue One, December seventeenth. <laughs> <laughs> so back to uh, again. Thank, thanks, Aaron, for that. Back to uh, the story. Negan is face to face now with Daryl, and he's encircled by his henchmen. And then Negan points to some of his henchmen with Lucille and says, "Who are you?" And he goes, who are you? And, and then one says, Negan. The other guy says, Negan. And then collectively, they all, and he says, who are all of you? And they say, Negan. So individually together, they're Negan. And he tells Daryl that his life was about to get so much cooler. But, but yeah. Negan breaks it down for him and says, you got three choices. Because I guess Dwight's been trying to break this down for you, but you're still not getting it. You got three choices, Daryl. And I wrote these down. One, you can end up on a spike. And work for me as a dead man. I guess just going up and down forever. Two, work for points, 
which I guess is what these lesser people in the in the in the in the sanctuary are doing. They're just working for points, but wish he were dead doing so. And three, work for Negan directly, get a new pair of shoes, and live like a king. So those are the three <laughs> options that Negan breaks down for Daryl. The, the the idea that there's a point system is hilarious to me. <laughs> it's just, yeah. I want to see like their cards. I want to see the the the, the intricacies of the points. Like, well, the I'd love to see points? all of this right. laid out. I love to oh, see the, the exact a, rules. after working in a prison, you know, for a few years. Um, I'm starting to think Negan worked in a prison or was a was prisoner a or, or something, something yeah. that. Because that's how they work in prison. There are point systems that they go through. I mean, the whole thing, it just reeks of uh, prison. So, I mean, I that's, I, have, I have no doubt he was most likely like a vending machine delivery person. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like watch some Netflix documentary on like... Right, somehow, like, yeah, probably. <laughs> so he then fakes out Daryl by almost hitting him with Lucille. And he's impressed because Daryl doesn't even flinch. And he says that he doesn't scare easily, but says that Lucille doesn't like that. Says it's just disrespectful, but it's okay because she's not feeling quite thirsty today. But as he walks away, uh, Negan's henchmen surround Daryl and then basically beat him to a pulp. Back on the road, Dwight catches up. Yeah, it's it's that scene where um, I started to relate. Negan to Mr. Garrison with uh, his Mr. Hand puppet. I'm just saying. I'm wondering. I'm starting to really wonder things with Negan. He's, he's not, the character, you mean the way he's portraying it, is just not. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, like you know, in South Park, the whole Mr. Hand thing or whatever the hell it was. Oh, the way Gar- he refers to Lucille, you mean? Okay, as as, yeah. a, as a person, uh, as a okay, a character. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, it's it's. I don't know. It's a little weird. For younger listeners, uh, Mr. Garrison is a character on South Park who, before he became all the things he is now, used to have a, a Mr. Hand thing that he talked to on his hand. That's another older reference because yes. South Park's in 20 seasons yeah. in. It's way beyond that. <laughs> Hashtag 90s. Yeah. Remember, yeah. Remember, remember Barry's? Remember, remember Mr. Garrison? Remember Mr. Hand? Oh. I remember. It was also that scene where I realized that the extras in these scenes are, are really awful. They're like all saying we are Negan. It's like, oh yeah, there's good acting and there's bad acting. It's like that's not a good example. (laughs) And they were like stereotypical henchmen, right? They were just total, total henchmen. Oh, they were pretty much frat boys. Goon number two. The way they played it, it was pretty much like a frat or something, you know. So back on the road, Dwight catches up with the escapee Gordon, who is fending off a walker. When he finally catches up to him, uh, Dwight is now pushing his motorcycle. So apparently the front wheel got damaged. And I don't know if we do we see that. Like, did that happen when the walker fell? I don't know if they're just doing these time cuts and somehow he damaged his bike in between then and now. But I didn't see the bike getting damaged. But whatever. The front wheel's banged up bad. He's actually having to push the bike. And then it cuts back again to the to the cell. We see Sherry again talking to Daryl through the door. And again, she says there are so many things that she wished she didn't find out. She says that you remember when uh, she said she was starry in the woods when he when they stole his stuff, and she he said, "Yeah, you will be." Well, she's like, "Yeah, I kind of am." So she is it a ploy? Well, who knows? Do you think ne- Do you think Negan sent her to say all those things? No, I don't think she's happy no. at all. I think she's miserable. Especially yeah. with the, pre- the pregnancy thing that put it over the top. That's like I thought at first though, but then when you didn't see a, yeah. see her talk to him, or you know you didn't see Negan just come and say I didn't yeah, think she working. was, but I thought 
that's quite it was a possibility with the way they do some of the could have been so could have been so Dwight tells Gordon to start heading back, but he won't have it, uh, Gordon. He's surprised that Dwight isn't more pissed at Negan for taking his wife. And apparently he knew Dwight for a while before, I guess when he was on the point system, or I guess they were fellow pointees or whatever. The escapee uh, Gordon resigns himself to getting shot and that he won't go back. He even gets on his knees and says, just, just end it. I, I, I'm not going back there. Um, you know, he's, he even refers to Negan as a thug who swooped in with a baseball bat and a smile, and we gave up everything. Mm-hmm. So apparently that, that was a little hint, and I, I noted that in my notes here, that right. there was a group somehow, and Negan just swooped in and, be, and took over this group. Yeah. And that, that's kind of what it sounds like. I guess we'll find out more. And he goes, look, look, yep. at, look at how we're living now. Kind of like Rick. <laughs> in Alexandria, I guess. Uh, yeah, he kind of did that. Like he looked like the cowboy. skulls, but if, if you want to go back yeah. further, he did swoop in to, to to find his family. But he did swoop in on that group as well. With, yeah, with, uh, with Shane and Glenn leading the way beforehand. <laughs> he totally did. He did. Yeah, he just came in and, and pretty much kind of took over. So and he uh, swooped into the farm. <laughs> <laughs> There's leaving. a whole separate narrative about how now Rick is just the worst person on the show. <laughs> <laughs> so Gordon again. Rick's is, is, a good guy. We like Rick. We're just kidding around. <laughs> Rick is the man. So you Gordon just says that so he doesn't show up at your house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, if I say Rick Grimes too many times, he does show up at my house, and he's very bearded and very angry. <laughs> So Gordon is pleading again with, with Dwight, saying, "Well, not really pleading. He's just having conversations. Like he's like he's, like, he's, he's resigned to the fact. He goes, look at how we're living. And again, there's nothing left for me back there." Dwight says he will hurt his friends. He will dig up his dead wife's remains and feed her to the crows if he doesn't come back with him now. And finally, then him saying that because I guess his friends were being threatened. Now Gordon gets up and starts to slowly walk back towards towards the the sanctuary. But as he walks away, I guess Dwight has a sense of pity, and he does actually shoot him through the back. I, w- I wish Gordon like called his bluff on that kind of thing. He's like, you wouldn't do that. That's too much work. <laughs> find, my, <laughs> find my friend. Pick up my what? You're not doing any of that stuff. That's, that's, that's exhausting to do that just to get back at me when I want to die. <laughs> <laughs> so Dwight Can we talk makes- about that whole like setting, by the way, that, like the whole the way that's all set up with the walkers and the car overturn and all that? Because it's very interesting looking deep piece of detail there where it's like it's not letting you see the story exactly but you just kind of pick up that there were a bunch of walkers and a car just like flew off a bridge and crashed into a bunch of them yeah like i guess that's what and then they're walking off the bridge and then landing on the ground beneath it i guess that's what's happening right yeah i don't know i mean yeah you kind of just imagine what happened you pretty much summed it up yeah it was a it was a grisly looking place and I, i enjoyed that i enjoyed the approach they took to letting that kind of be there I don't know if they had the, one of the walkers looked like the one from the first episode, the one that was like a half body, the girl, you know, the bike walk, whatever she was, the bicycle walker. Like, yeah, there's yeah, there's some smushed walkers or whatnot. So yeah, they had a lot of a lot of stuff to play with. It yeah. So Dwight makes it back to the sanctuary, and and we see this kind of dark scene in a stairway, where Sherry is having a cigarette, and um, and Dwight asks the bum one from her, and they have kind of a conversation. I didn't really note too much from that conversation. It was just kind of like. You know, yeah, we're both here, kind of thing. Unless you guys picked up anything from that, that was worth my, noting. My note, 
My note says Dwight is back, Tox Negan slash happiness with ex-wife. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't know much of that either. It was just kind of a... It just seemed like they were lying to each other. You know? Yeah, they were totally. Trying to convince one another that, you know, oh yeah, I'm, everything's fine. You know, we did the right thing. You know, it was a hell of a lot better than being dead and stuff like that. They were like trying to convince themselves and each other, it seemed like, in that scene. Mm. It's a horrible story. I mean, it, it is a horrible story because they were in love and they were together and they... This is just to survive. Mm-hmm. This is all this is for. This is just to survive. Like the the next scene. I mean, there's there's scenes coming up that go more to Dwight's backstory. So this right. is more of just like, all right, there's there's some filler time here with Dwight before we get to the main events that are going to happen. I thought it was a cool, cool shot scene though. That little darkness and sharing the cigarette in the alley. I thought that was actually pretty cool. You know, just... directorially, this episode's pretty excellent. I I, yeah. I, I was I was curious who did it because I was curious yep. if it was one of the regulars, someone new, and it is someone new. Uh, Alric Riley has not. This is. This is um, his first Walking Dead episode, but oh. he's done a lot of stuff um, over the over the year, a lot of TV direction over the years. Between the uh, musical montage and these kind of scenes, he can come back anytime. That's fine with me. Yeah, there's some, some stylish stuff going on here, yeah. Yeah. So uh, Daryl uh, Dwight then torments Daryl a bit back in the prison cell by feeding him um, again and leaving this time a Polaroid of Glenn's remains taped to the wall. And he has a little, little again, a little chit chat with Daryl this time. So he says, you know, you think you know what the score is or something like that. You know, it's like says you got your friend killed. You got yeah, you got your friend killed. Maltina got killed too. So you know, we're kind of like even or whatever. He's trying to like even the score with him or make it like they're on the same plane or whatever. But uh, he's still trying to break him. Then leaving that Polaroid to Glenn. He's trying to break him, but I think he's also trying to convince himself that he's in a position of power here when he's not. I mean, I totally agree with you. That's that's the whole Mm -hmm. thought right at the beginning of the episode Mm -hmm. where he's sitting there looking at the walker that's stuck on the pole. That's what this whole thing is. It's just like I need to keep telling myself, even that conversation we just talked about. Like, Jim, you just pointed out they're lying to each other. They're just trying to say, like, hey, we made the right choice, even though in the back of their mind or even more towards the front because it's pretty obvious. This sucks. Like, this whole area, this is hell. This is all, like I might not be living naked inside a cell eating dog food sandwiches, but my life isn't exactly you know pumpkin pie on the outside. Yeah, either. but the point is, is there's no leaving the sanctuary. You're either going to be there voluntarily, or you're going to be there on the points, or you're going to be there walking dead. Unless something changes. <laughs> oh. dun, dun, dun. You've always been there. So this is where <laughs> the song changes, actually, that they torment Daryl with. I didn't note the song, but something about you're going to cry now, and then Daryl actually does it's start so crying. Roy Orbison's Robert, crying. Thank right. you. Thank crying. you. And, and he no, actually no, does Roy start Orbison to cry. To bring, <laughs> like Roy Orbison to bring out the emotions in Norman Reedus. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I, at this point, I, do you guys think he's starting to break? I mean, is that what is that what this is? Or is it just, I mean... I just thought that was just part of it was the guilt. He yeah. knows that it is his fault that, that Glenn, Glenn is gone. That Glenn right. got killed. He knows it's his fault. I don't, no, yeah, I don't. I, don't think I thought breaking. maybe he broke, mm-hmm. but then right after that's when he tells Negan his name is Daryl. True, so it's true. Like, so yeah, he's, he just so. has a moment of of emotion, but he's not like broken yet. He's not. No, I yet. I think that emo- no. I think that emotion did the exact opposite. It mm. just made his resolve that much stronger. Interesting. Yeah. That's interesting point. That's a really interesting point. So you're saying that if Dwight didn't mess with him like this and this with the, with mm-hmm. the picture and 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 start even that little conversation right. he had about why well, I lost somebody too, like. If he just would have left him alone, kept playing the music, eventually he would have broke, right? But 
He gave him a little more Darryl resolve. Gives yeah. up for himself. Like Daryl alone, he probably would get. He would give up and just kill, die. Just he would just keep pushing him until he killed him. So that was the idea. Okay. Daryl thinking about the group. I think when he put that picture up there, that was that sparked him to remember that they still are out there. Mm. Well, yeah, but I think the whole thing with Daryl is, I mean, everything that's been done to him is doing the exact opposite because he does feel that guilt, but the hell with it. He's, it doesn't matter. He does not care now if he dies. That's why he didn't move when Lucille came at his head or any of that stuff. He does not care He's because numb. If, he, yeah. if he dies, he deserves it because Glenn was his fault. So it that doesn't matter. But what happens now is it just steeled his resolve to the point of he ain't going to break. I mean, it, it, if this went on for years and years. Yeah, but, but hold on, Chubb. At the end, the, the reason why I disagree with that, and he did, is because he, when he says something to him, when we get to that point, at when he says something to uh, Dwight at the end, at, it implies something else than just that. So we'll get to that in just a second. We'll get, I mean, we'll get to yeah. that because I, I have more to say, but yeah, I think we should get to the so, stuff. So finally, <laughs> after you know the, this crying is over, Daryl is brought before uh, Negan inside, the, again, those living quarters in the prison area. And Negan has a long dialogue here. There's a long speechify here where he explains Dwight's story on how that Dwight and his super hot wife, Sherry, and his super hot wife's sister, Tina, used to all work for points there, but then Tina was sickly and needed medication, which again ties back to the episode we saw last season Mm -hmm. where she was diabetic and needed the insulin and what have you, and they ran out of points. And Negan says, well, we can square things up if you let me marry Tina, or he asked Tina to marry him, but she then declines... Um, so they have to think about it or something, and then they end up, the three of them end up leaving. He calls it an orange situation, so again, that's their code word for people leaving the sanctuary. And that Dwight stole meds and took off with his super hot wife, uh, and then they had to send a whole army of guys after him, and it cost him an arm and a leg, which, if you remember, they had to cut one of those guys' arms off. Remember that in the uh, in the forest? Yep. Uh, Daryl said a little trap for him. It actually did cost them an arm, at least. Oh, yeah. You know, with, with that whole army of people they had to send after him to find him. And he goes, Nikan continues, there are rules. And he then explains that he burned his face with an iron because he asked for forgiveness on the way back, but Lucille is a stickler for the rules, and really the punishment would have been Lucille just taking out Dwight. But they offer it where Sherry offered himself herself to Negan, says, I'll be your wife. And that kind of squares it where, okay, he can just burn Dwight and that'll be the end of things. Like, okay, so I'll take the wife and then you just kind of get burned in the face. Now, this is one of the things I'm trying to remember, but in the comics, didn't didn't he do this to a lot of guys? He would take their wife and burn their face. Uh, not specifically take the wife and burn the face, but as far but the the, the burning of the face thing was a general punishment that he used mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, but he had take he took several wives. Oh yeah, he's he, he has he has wives, and the, you know as we yeah. want, we could we could you can promote all you want about how Negan is not a rapist, but he, he does other horrible things to, right. to women. That well, I just I'm just wondering if they're going to go that route in the show, or they're just going to keep it with the one. So. 
we'll we'll see if Walking Dead colon polygamy takes place in this episode. Well, it's not. It's more like the cult mentality, right? Even like cult leaders yeah. have. Oh yeah. Their way with the women of the cult, right? Like that's their right. that's their right to. He's even calling when them they wives. Say yes. like, if if Jim Jones had a leather jacket and a baseball bat. Right. Just well, so he, yeah, even though he he they might say yes and and you know concede to having sex with them, he knows he's doing things to make them. You know, to to force them to do that. I mean, she knows Dwight is dead if she doesn't uh, doesn't do uh, this. Yeah, to to exceed to uh, to to. It's his... all really gross. I think that's it the is. basic it's bottom very, line. Very very gross. It's all very gross. The so very that's what's rush, yeah. you know? Well, that's what's so horrible about it. It's like he has to do what he's doing for her, and she has to do what she's doing for him, and they, and and they still care about each other. But it's a horrible. It's a horrible situation to be in i mean i can see dwight inside hating himself so much you know and her too hating herself too and even though it's not her fault you know it's it's a horrible thing so if only they didn't take daryl's stuff and left with him that might have been a good way to go i don't know uh-huh. <laughs> uh-uh. so at the end of the speech he offers it again to daryl he asks him one simple question he offers actually the 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 room that they're in that 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 nice nicely appointed living quarters he says you can have all this just answer me one simple question who are you and he doesn't answer for a little while and they they taunt him saying cat got your tongue or whatever and finally he responds my name's daryl and that's it so dwight's about to punch him or something and take him down but uh, negan says dwight take it easy He's made his choice. Even though it's the wrong choice, he's made his choice. So he says, Hey, my problem if he makes a dumbass choice. That's uh-huh. it. Okay, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so back in the cell, uh, Daryl tells Dwight that he understands why he ran away. Like he's actually finally talking. These are the only words he's really said the whole episode. He goes, I understand why you ran away or why you did what you did. He was thinking about somebody else. Again, referring to that time when they were in the forest together. But he said, and this is interesting, he goes, but that's why I can't give in. Because I guess what he's trying to say is he's thinking about his group back in Alexandria. That's what I mean, yeah. Right. So he's not going to kneel. He's not going to give in. He's not going to do this because he he feels like he's protecting his people by doing that, by, by standing strong. Yeah, but at the same time, it kind of crosses my mind, so I wonder if it crosses his that – this could also be a time where if he stays defiant, eventually one of the trips where they go back and meet with that group, they're going to, he's just going to take Lucille to another one in front of Daryl. You know what I'm saying? It's a tricky situation to be in. That's for sure. And I, you know, he got to that point where it's like, is he going to say Daryl? Is he going to say Negan or is he going to say something else? And even, I mean, claimed, I, I, yeah, I know this character well enough where I, I never really doubt Daryl's intention. So even if he said Negan, I would never buy the fact that he's like broken and going right. for it. I think he's just playing it up. But we've seen Negan is smart enough to recognize, like with Rick, he's smart enough to recognize whether someone's, you know, playing into what they want or yeah. playing into what he wants or playing, you know, actually being broken down. Mm-hmm. And I think they're both, I think something that Negan recognizes is that Daryl is not the kind of. He's not a guy that easily submits, obviously, but even taken to the brink, he's still probably not going to submit all that easily. So well, it's, and, it's like playing that kind of game with Negan of, right. of, of pretending to be broken down is not. I don't think that'd be the right play for him. I don't think that's something Negan mm-hmm. would actually buy. 
Well, right. and on that point too, though, I get the impression that he, Negan's treating Daryl a little bit different than he has others in the past, at least from the seeing everybody else's reactions to things. And I just wonder, what is his fascination with Daryl? He seems to be more fascinated with him than he has been with other people. At least that's the impression. Well, he was so, fascinated it, with Dwight. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm, I don't know. So it seems the, to me like he just takes like a, a special interest in certain... Like when he takes over these packs, he sees who the strong, you know, will people are in the pack, mm-hmm. and who the leader is, and who the right hand man is, and he goes in and scalps the talent. I mean, yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah. That makes it sense. makes me wonder how far he's going to take it because I mean, right. we know Daryl. We we know that. And by the way, I should mention Norman Reedus is terrific in this episode. I oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think he does a tremendous amount of uh, work here to convey a lot by saying very little. Six lines, uh, which is yeah, just not an easy thing to do uh, by any stretch. And given that I've questioned how useful Daryl is on this show when he just is this unstoppable killing machine that occasionally gets something to work with. It's nice to see him getting something to work with. This is something Absolutely. different that we haven't seen. So it's it's a lot a lot of credit goes to Reed as his way of like how strong he is in this performance. Um, and so I, I I'll be curious to see where things go from here with him. And I, I and we know but we know a lot about Daryl. We know that you know he's had this horrible childhood. He had this overbearing brother and I assume father, I think we learned about too. Mm-hmm. He's dealt with a lot of loss in his life. He's dealt with very traumatic situations. So it's like there's nothing that's going to turn this guy. Like he's, he is who he is at this point. And I'm curious if Negan understands that just by a general understanding of people that he may have or if he needs to really like learn this as time goes by. It'll be neat to see mm-hmm. how that develops. So at the very end of the episode, we see um, uh, basically almost this full circle. You see the, the pen of walkers. But this time, this is Dwight looking in on them. The escapee, Gordon, is actually in there with like a gunshot through his abdomen or something or through his chest inside the pen of walkers. And Dennis, uh, Dwight is now staring at them. But my question is, how did Gordon get back there? Did he, did he take Gordon back? Is that what he, yeah. okay? Dead. Just took him back dead. Okay. I mean, as because I mean, I we I I think we all assume that he probably shot him in the head, but now we realize, okay, no, he shot him in the chest to kill him, but still to bring him back, which makes sense if he has to prove something to Negan, I guess, as far as how that mission went. Gotcha. Here, I got my man, or you know, see, yeah, exactly, dead, dead or alive, got him. Dead. He didn't okay. give me a choice. I had to shoot on that kind of thing. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, how he did it, I'm not quite sure, since he had to both walk Daryl's broken bike back bike, and now a, a turned walker. Yeah, it's like okay, but okay, right? Yeah, I mean. If, if I had to guess, there's an elaborate like he tied him to a string and wheeled him along on the bike. But <laughs> we'll that's a lot know. of that's a lot of that's a lot of walking on the bike. That it's, a, was broken. it's a long day. That, <laughs> like that that wheel wasn't just like flat. It was broken. He broke that wheel. Oh, it was done. Yeah, the, the spokes were all coming out and everything. Yeah, it was a pretty pretty yeah. bad one. You're right. So and that brings an end to this uh, this week's episode, the cell. Uh, before we get to our Buster ratings, we can have a quick word from our illustrious sponsor, DCB Service. Chubb, you DCB ready? Service has 50% Jim. off on all their DC and Marvel hardcovers and trade paperbacks. That's the new DC Universe Rebirth. That's all the Marvel Now stuff. 50% off. That's cheaper than Amazon. Uh, not only that, you're dealing with real people who, if there's a problem, will really be there for you. Great customer service. And if you're not even into comics or graphic novels, uh, especially you know, Walking Dead style, you can get all kinds of other things there. Your toys, your uh, pop culture clothing, 
um, you know, all kinds of all kinds of great stuff, all at that low low price. Anything that's in the previous world catalog, which is a huge pop culture catalog that comes out every month of all the new stuff. Um, anything that's in there, they can get for you at a discount. And again, great customer service. They have a lot of other stuff going on. They have um, Robert Kirkman's Outcast, which is uh, the guy who wrote The Walking Dead. His comic is now half off per issue um, as a monthly bundle. Um, we also have, um, all, again, all kinds of different ways to read The Walking Dead if you want to catch up on the books. There are the compendiums, there are the hardcovers, there are the trade paperbacks. You can get totally current with the um, with the Walking Dead itself, and you know, in a matter of uh, how you know, it's just as quickly as you want to read them. You know, um, again, all at great prices. Uh, DCB Service and their sister site InStockTrades.com. Um, they have a great great selection. Um, you're working with great people. You get great prices. What more do you really need to know? I mean, <laughs> the Go there now, DCBService.com, take a huge look at what they have. Like I said, it's, it's not just graphic novels and comics, it's action figures, it's statues, it's uh, cool uh, geeky t-shirts, you know. Um, I, I know I was getting some of the McFarlane uh, Walking Dead blind bags there for a while, and uh, those are really great. The diorama sets with, um, the I got the one with uh, with Daryl and his bike, you know, uh, driving through the, the wasteland. Pretty Pretty cool stuff. But uh, if you're a fan of The Walking Dead, if you're a fan of pop culture in general, and you want to save money on that cool, kitschy stuff that you like to buy, then definitely go to DCBService.com. Thank you, Jim. And we thank them for our for their continued support. Yes, they make it possible for us to come to you every week. So, okay, getting to our, our very own Buster Ratings, starting with Aaron. Um. I'm going four busters this week. I I did like this episode quite a bit. I just praised Norman Reedus specifically, and I I do think the uh, what's Dwight's the, Austin Emilio is Dwight. I think that I both of them did a good job as far as the acting concerned. I think the episode's very stylish as well, which I appreciated. I thought it was a very well directed episode. It presented some interesting Walker situations, um, in addition to seeing yeah you know some some inner workings of the sanctuary and whatnot. I I I do I am more curious about. The Sanctuary and Negan, as far as how they're going to progress in this season. But I mean, for the most part, I think it's a solid episode of television. It has a repetitive and very effectively grating soundtrack. So that's, a, I guess, a plus. Uh, so yeah, four busters overall. Okay. Chubb? Uh Yeah, for all the reasons Aaron just said, and as well uh, to repeat the performance by norman reedus just just absolutely amazing i i'm going four and a half busters on this one it's uh just just short of being as good as last week um i think the repetitiveness of the song really was uh, kind of a genius thing because it got us into uh daryl's headspace and it you know I, I i don't know i just i really enjoyed this episode all the way around um, this season so far, minus the first episode has been pretty impressive. Good stuff. Daryl. I would have to give it uh, probably 3.5 uh, busters for me. It, it was a good episode. It was a solid episode. It surprised me that it, you know, that I didn't miss the group seeing what happened with the group. I actually really, Doug seeing behind the scenes and the kind of the the mentality of this of the the people in this sanctuary as they call it and and kind of seeing how Daryl is having to deal with this uh, with no backup no support like he just has to hold on and just be Daryl 
uh, and, and just not fall. Daryl uh, talking about being Daryl. Yeah, just Daryl being Daryl is what we do. <laughs> Don't fall down. Uh, so it was good. I, I, I really enjoyed it. Excellent. Jim? I give it a solid four out of five. Uh, Aaron mentioned the direction this episode really was really was good. I really enjoyed that. Um, the, the writing was good. I'm glad they drilled down a little deeper on uh, not only what's going on with Daryl, but also you know the, the Dwight character and the, the kind of society they have going on there in Sanctuary, you know, as a contrast to the kingdom, as it were. Um, but I, I really enjoyed that and had a lot of little stylish flourishes all the way through it, and the acting was solid. Uh, for the most part, so I give it a four out of five. Yeah, I'm with you. I think a four out of five as well. Nothing stood out that made it a bad episode at all. Nothing made me cringe, and I think everything was very tight. Uh, I, even though it was a whole subplot and a lot of this this character that was really not a main character just carried much of the episode, but there was a good amount of Negan in there, and I do like Negan. I think Jeffrey Dean Morgan is just killing it as his character so there was just enough Negan maybe not too much but just the right amount uh direction was great I love the musical montages it had who's the boss in it for for Pete's sake so I mean I mean that that should have been a 4.5 I'm being taking that out of it it's a 4.0 it's it's a solid episode no major complaints again is it something I'm going to sit there and talk around the water cooler oh my god did you see that did you see that I mean it lacks some of the major action points that would in my scale elevated to like a 4.75 or a 5 but solid episode 4.0 I could take this type of Walking Dead all day very very solid the whole thing is she's the working woman he's the housekeeper (laughs) who's really the boss see see how how clever that is can you sing the theme song the boss do you got the theme song in your head or no? Can you do it? No, but I love Catherine Hellmond. Catherine- uh, she was on Soap, and she was also in Brazil. She, she got- plays Sam Lowry's mom who gets her, her skin pulled. Yeah. Yeah. She- <laughs> pretty, great actor, pretty great actress. But anyway. Who but cares what we think? Exactly. We have a great Facebook group. It's Facebook.com. Do a search for the Walking Dead TV podcast and hit join group. We get you in very quick, and you can leave your very own Buster ratings. If it's The Walking Dead or if it's Fear of the Walking Dead, we call them Toby ratings. But either way, you get to leave your very own ratings for each episode. Just find the comments, usually pinned to the top. Add your, your comment to the bottom, and we can read them. Now, since Jim is on with us, Jim... With your lovely baritone, you can go ahead and read the Buster ratings uh, for this week's show. Do you want me to go full Barry White? <laughs> yes. Yes, please. Yes. <laughs> uh, Pamela, Pamela Burton uh, starts to talk three out of five. Kind of boring. And more Daryl Man pain. Great. Also, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is seriously hot. It's making me all kinds of confused because I hate his character. Uh, Dray Irvin, uh, four super hot wives out of five. I'm terrified to learn what is in store for Daryl, but also incredibly fascinated with where the story is going. Let's not forget the world is but a treat when you're on Easy Street. So true, DeRay. <laughs> uh, Janet Broom, four out of five hot, uh, dog food sandwiches. I really like JDM as, as Negan. I enjoyed seeing more info into what the Savior Group is like and how not everyone is really on board with following him. As much as I hate Negan for killing Glenn and Abraham, he's incredibly entertaining to watch. Uh, Brent Jones, three lips like a baboon's ass out of five. Uh, I thought Abraham was gone. <laughs> uh, interesting to see Negan's home and how they do things a bit. Generic Daryl is interesting. <laughs> Looking forward to seeing more of the saviors and hating them. Uh, Thomas Everett, four out of five really annoying torture songs. I thought Daryl was going to say I am Negan at the end there. 
Mike Jones, four output dinners out of five. Love the episode, but without being too spoilery, I think the Dwight story is being hinted at way too soon. Um, Johnny Storer, three out of, hey, there's a picture while you chew your dog food sandwich of the guy who got his brains bashed in because you're a tough guy. Whew, out of five. <laughs> I get to trying to break Daryl, but man, that episode was slow. I'm more interested in when Negan figures out he figures he's the right-hand man of Rick's next week should be good. Uh, can someone explain why Dwight is such a dick to Daryl? I mean, all he did was try to help him announce Daryl when he showed up again and is hating on Daryl. It's because Daryl didn't tell him about Alexandria and the group. Um, look forward to the podcast in gym. Recipe for a great dog food sandwich. Hmm. I'm telling you, man, we got to make the cookbook. I keep saying I'll it. Off to, to work on that one. Um, Brent Jones rejoined that he thought it was because Dwight sees himself in Daryl and who he could have been, which is very true. Yeah, I agree. Um, yep, hundred percent. Um, Ian Rose, I'm sorry, Ian Rousel, uh, three dog food sandwiches over a sandwich out of five. Welcome to the Walking Dead, the musical. Solid episode, but felt it didn't really move the series on. Felt it put in the show uh, to show Daryl standing up to the man. Good to have development on Dwight, though. Let's roll on next week. Uh, David B. the third, one point five Easy Streets out of five. Ouch. Ooh, yeah. I think this one wow. probably sat, sat better with the comic readers than those of us who haven't read the comics. But I have no emotional connection to any of the Negan Jet, which I think would be more of to do with how the story is being handled. My favorite part is coming back to the bridge again. And seeing manless Dwight dazed and confused about the splash zone of Walker's souffle. Um, Paul McEkern, uh, uh, 3.5 torture songs out of 5. This wasn't a blockbuster episode, but it really made you hate Dwight a lot less. Um, Joe Slusher, meh, 2 out of 5. <laughs> okay. Right there, simple, just boom. Short and to the point. Uh, Robert Nagro, 3.75. You mean to tell me that only Who's the Boss on VHS isn't checked out? <laughs> out of five. Uh, I like this episode as a window into the Savior's way of life. I wonder, though, what Gordon wondered uh, to Dwight on the road, how one guy with the back came to control all the people who would outnumber him. Um, Daryl someday say Rick, to Rick, I'm Negan, but if I was in the writer's room, I'd, go so, I'd so go there just for the plot possibilities. Uh, Gwendolyn Johnson, I give this a 3.5 out of 5. The episode was decent. However, I feel that this didn't need to be an hour-long episode. I first, I think the first three episodes could have re been reworked better. It seemed that they only had two full episodes. They got stretched into three. Uh, Tambona, 4 out of 5. Naked Daryls. I really enjoyed this Daryl-centric episode. Though it can do without the bad song, but I guess that's the point. Uh, Richard Chopper Cherry Charrington, 3.75. I'm not Negan out of 5. Another good episode instead of Dwight getting through to Daryl. It's going to be Daryl getting through to Dwight. Uh, looking forward to feature a long episode next week. P.S. Never heard the Easy Street song but before, but hate it already. Yeah. No doubt. I like it. Uh, Michael Santana, four Walker, Walker belly flops out of five. Easy Street is still less annoying than anything sung by Beth. Ouch. Okay. Ouch. Wow. wow. Let's go back and throw some, cast some shade. Wow. Ugh. It's a throwback salty. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> nice character building episode. Wonder if Daryl will pseudo break and be the inside man for Alexandria. Great episode. Scott Homan, 3.5 out of 5 broken motorcycles. Really nothing great on this episode, but nothing that I disliked either. It was nice getting some backstory on the neighbors and how Negan and Dwight came to be where they are. And Adam Fatah will give 3.5 out of 5 T-Dog. T-Dog. You know, he drove that bus that one time. I found the backstory of Dwight interesting. 
but I will get to, I, I will like get to know more of the other saviors. And if you would like to be a part of our Facebook group, we'd love to have you. It's the Walking Dead TV podcast on the Facebooks. It's very popular with the young people, and you can sound off and let us know what you feel about each episode. Plus, there are a lot of there are links to all of uh, Aaron's uh, reviews of the different episodes on the youngfolks.com. The, the you can you know link right there from the Facebook group, and a lot of fun memes and, and discussions and other cool stuff and breaking news as it happens. So, the Walking Dead TV podcast Facebook group. On the Facebooks. Thank you, Jim. Thank you very much. And we had actually eight new members already this week. So welcome to all the new members. We're getting close to 800 uh, as part of the group. And uh, just keep coming. We really appreciate it. And it makes it makes it all that much more fun when you leave your own Buster ratings and get to hear, uh, especially Jim, read it for you. Because that's definitely the best way to best way to have it done. So uh, any final thoughts on the cell, folks? Oh, I'm not sure if Daryl's on Easy Street now. That's for sure. That's <laughs> for sure. Next week's episode is called Service. We don't know anything more about it than that. Except, oh, it rhymes. Yes. <laughs> and it seems like Negan's knocking on the door of Alexandria, at least is what they're hinting at the on the on the previews. So we'll see what's, what's going to happen. So so ideally, this one opens with a, with a Three's Company uh, VHS tape on the TV. That would be a 5.0 right there. If that was it, done. Sold. Come on, knock on my door. We'll be waiting, we'll be for, waiting you. for you. We're going to be more impressed with like Blossom on VHS. This is our hers yes. and hers and his three's company, company too. Okay. Don't kill me! <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's all we have to say about the cells. So, uh, where can our listeners hear us when we're not uh, yakking about The Walking Dead? <laughs> Aaron, how about you? Uh, you can find me on my weekly podcast, Out Now with Aaron and Abe, where my friend and co-host Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We talked about Doctor Strange this week, um, which that was a lot of fun. We'll be yeah. uh, talking about plenty of other new releases in the upcoming weeks. You can also find me writing at whysoblue.com. You can find me on Screen Rant. You can find all the stuff I do on those sites at my personal blog, thecodezeek.com. And you can find me on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Excellent. Chubb? All right, well, you can follow me at ChubToad01 on the Twitter. It's also the same on the Instagram, so just give me a follow. Oh, God. Daryl? Oh, my goodness. You could just go, uh, you could follow me on the the Voice123 Twitter and see what I'm doing. (laughs) You're very prolific, that's for sure. Uh, (laughs) Jim? Uh, you can check out Chubb and Daryl and myself and Jerry on the DC TV podcast every week. We just posted a new episode today. Uh, that's available at hhwlod.com where you found this podcast. And you can check me out on Nothing's On with uh, Daryl and uh, Donnie Salvo. We talk more generally about movies and, t- and TV and whatnot. And that's available at the Taylor Network Podcast.com. You can follow me on Twitter, on Twitter at Yoda Jones. Excellent. Thank you. And when I'm not hosting this show, I'm hosting the Auto Chat Show. Me and my co-host Teddy review new cars, talk about cars and pop culture, have a lot of fun doing that. So check us out, autochatshow.com, facebook.com forward slash autochatshow, at autochatshow on the Twitters, Instagrams, Periscopes, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, So until there's no more room in hell and the dead walk the earth, remember, hang tough, Daryl. You're on easy street. And this season looks like it's going to be a treat. Take care, folks.
time for love and a time for living. Take a chance and face the wind. An open road and a road that's hit. A brand new life around the bend. There were times I lost a dream or two. And a path not taken The choice is up to you, my friend Not so long, but you might awake To a brand new life Brand new life 